Well, it's nearly Christmas time, and in my part of Canada, the snow is finally falling. The prairies are covered in the white stuff, and I'm feeling the generosity of the Christmas spirit. But all I have to offer you are these amazing limited edition expats postcards. If you send your mailing address to info at expatspodcast.ca, I'll send you one with a personalized note of thanks. It's something you can put on your fridge or share on social media or even use as a bookmark. That's how useful these postcards are. Merry Christmas to you all, and now, on with the show. As I've mentioned before, I'm not very well traveled. It's one of the reasons why I started this show. So when I hear about the country of Sweden, my mind tends to drift to stereotypes like Ikea. Many of you feel bad for this lamb. That is because you're crazy. It has no feelings, and the new one is much better. Or the Swedish chef. Or a really obscure video game I used to play called Ingemar's Skiing. But as you can imagine, there's a lot more to Sweden than that. In the university town of Umeå, there lives a spirit that isn't too far from the Canadian one. Swedes are a hardy people who know what it's like to experience extreme temperatures. They share a proclivity for bread and cheese, not unlike many French Canadians, for example. Some of them hunt and enjoy feasting upon moose meat. And as I discovered, Swedes also share a love of Ikea, not necessarily for the flat pack furniture, but for the inexpensive meatballs. Join me this episode as we travel across the Atlantic and North to the 2014 European Capital of Culture on the Expats. Welcome to the Expats. I'm your host, Adam Rosenhart, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. A theme that pops up in my interviews from time to time is love. Many expats leave Canada to look for work, or to study, or to seek out adventurous opportunities, but just as many leave home to follow their hearts. Morgan Fawcett is one of those people. She met her partner Toby when she was traveling, and her love has finally landed her in Sweden. As cheesy as it might sound, yes, it was... Uh, my, I like to call it my modern day love story. Yes, but it 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 didn't start in the place that you're living right now. So maybe tell me about your first um, departure from Canada. Okay, so it kind of well, it started uh, back in July of 2012. Um, I was born and raised in Victoria, BC. It's a beautiful, beautiful place, and I actually left to go and teach English in Shanghai, China. And I was there for about seven months. It was a great experience. I mean, I made some great friends and I, 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 I cherish that time in China um, and I always will. But I just, I, I got the travel bug. <laughs> <laughs> I caught the travel bug and um, I had friends from Victoria that uh, were living in Brisbane, Australia. And they said, 
yeah, come on down. Just come on down and stay with us. Like we have a little cot you can sleep on. It ended up being in the corner of this couple's room. <laughs> so I felt I felt kind of bad, but they were really cool about it. And then, yeah, I ended up actually leaving after seven months of being in China. I left and I went to Brisbane just on a whim. So I, just, just so I'm clear, you, you leave Victoria, you have an opportunity to teach. Is that what brought you to Shanghai? Yes, exactly. So I was teaching at actually, funnily enough, it was uh, a... Uh, English school, uh, not an international school, but an actual just English kind of more of a business type school. And apparently one of the owners of this business was Swedish. Oh, okay. So it's kind of funny. Uh, bit of foreshadowing there maybe. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, like I said, I left after seven months. Just It was a great, like I said, it was a great experience and all, but I just had this feeling like I needed to take advantage of any and every opportunity coming my way. And this was a big one. And so I just took it. And, uh, I, and what did you find in Australia other than a, a, a foam mattress in the corner of someone's bed? <laughs> I, I went down there without a job. I ended up getting a job um, in marketing. And then I ended up meeting my now boyfriend. Um, I like to call him my Swedish meatball. And I mean that in the most endearing term. <laughs> Um, and so I met him through mutual friends, actually, and it kind of just uh, blossomed from there. And we ended up living together in Australia right off the bat. Um, and then after three months of being in Australia, we left to go and travel with his sister and her fiance, actually, um, in Indonesia, in a very remote island in Indonesia on a surf camp. Um, no technology, like no electricity, nothing like that. So it was really, you get to know someone very quickly when you're living uh, with so little. And so it was a really neat experience. And he ended up coming back to Canada with me. So that was like the most intense souvenir you could ever bring back <laughs> to your family. <laughs> so we came back to Canada and we, that's actually where we were based for the last two years living and working. Oh, and then it was my turn to move to Sweden, and here I am. Very cool. Now, I mean, I know this show is about expats, but I have to ask, um, what was your, your Swedish meatball's impression of Canada? He enjoys Canada. He, he loves the people. He loves the nature and the outdoors like a true Swede. Um, he really enjoyed his time there. He, he would definitely go back to visit, but I think since he was away from Sweden for so long, he... He was ready to come back to, to home. And and now you're, that's your home too. This is now my home as well. Yes. So um, having traveled, you know, sort of, you've been all over the place, and you you guys move back to Canada and then go to Sweden. What's your experience been like living in Sweden? What are the people like? Is it it you know because I often hear that sort of Nordic and Scandinavian countries feel very similar to Canada. That's very true. I agree, hundred um, percent. There, there are a lot of similarities to Vancouver Island or British Columbia and the northern part of Sweden. Uh, everyone speaks English here, which also makes it kind of hard to, to learn Swedish. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's just the climate is similar. Not in the winter time, obviously, but you know, the summers are beautiful and warm, and um, everyone's really friendly here. And um, you know, Swedes naturally are a bit more reserved human beings, but Swedes and Canadians really, really do get along quite well, I think. And 
um, it's just it's been an easy transition for the most part. I mean, you have your days obviously that are a bit trickier, but it's been a wonderful experience so far. I've been here almost eight months. Wow! And it's been really, really nice. Now, mm-hmm. now you mentioned the transition's been easy, but there are some some days. Tell me about the days where where things are less easy. What is it that you're thinking and feeling? The, the days are um, isolation is one of one thing I felt when I first arrived. Uh, I felt kind of isolated in the sense that, like anywhere you move, you don't know anyone. You don't have your own friends and. You know, you don't speak the language. So when you go to these, you know, gatherings with, you know, my partner's friends and everything, they're very kind and they all speak English um, to me to be respectful, right? But you almost feel a little bit of guilt that you don't speak the language. I don't know if maybe that's just me, but um, yeah, I would say isolation was the biggest thing that I felt when I first arrived. But that slowly wears off and once you get a job and everything like that and you start to get a bit more immersed in the culture, it starts to become easier. Yeah. Um, the weather change has been a big, big factor lately um, because we do live in the northern part of Sweden. We're about you know 600 kilometers north of Stockholm but 400 kilometers south of the Arctic Circle. So it gets dark fast. Like at home I remember... As soon as you change the clocks for the winter time, it gets dark me at five o'clock, five thirty ish, if not a little bit sooner. Yeah. Here it's pitch black by like three thirty. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and th- or three o'clock in the afternoon, so it's really confusing on the body. Like, it takes a little bit of adjusting to. And then on you know on the flip side, in the summer the sun never sets. Really? It's it's yeah, it's the craziest but the coolest thing, and you know for. For example, in midsummer, which is in June, and it's a celebration of you know um, saying goodbye to the long winters and welcoming the summer and the you know the warmth and all that. Um, that is the longest day of the year mm-hmm. they celebrate it on, and the sun just hits the horizon before it rises again. Wow! So you know, on midsummer in June, we were running into the ocean and back into the sauna until like three thirty in the morning because frankly, you just kind of lose track of time and you forget that it's, oh, it's actually 3.30 in the morning because it's still bright and beautiful outside. Yeah. yeah. It's wonderful. So it's, it sounds like it's a it's a phenomenon that's actually amazing, but also kind of messing with your biological clock. So what have you yes, done to exactly. help adjust with to, to that sort of new reality? Um, I think it's just in trying to just put yourself out there and really get immersed into the culture and where your new like finding a job for example and just getting out there and putting yourself out there studying Swedish at SFE is um uh, Swedish for immigrants is something that really helped me um just remembering also that you know these good things come with time and uh patience is a virtue (laughs) (laughs) for sure now now when you've been there for eight months and you've got a job now was it was it difficult to find work you know what? I kind of lucked out, to be honest. There was a job fair at um, Arbets for Merion. Excuse my Swedish if it's not correct. Anyone <laughs> listening? But um, it's basically uh, you go and it's like a company that helps a government-funded, I believe, company that helps you find work. Um, and so they were actually having a job fair, and I went, and it was for uh, hotel and restaurants, and I 
went and I had an interview and I kind of entered the interview speaking the very little Swedish that I knew at the time and <laughs> still now. But um, And they were so kind and they were so, so cool about it. And yeah, I got the job. Two days later, she emailed this lady, uh, my manager emailed me back and said, we would love for you to come in and see if you enjoy working with us. And I've been there since. And I that was after a month of being here. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was really lucky. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was wonderful. And and working in the hotel industry, you must meet a lot of, uh, or I wonder, do you meet a lot of foreigners? Yes and no. Um, I mean, there are, there are a lot of younger um, Swedes that I work with, but there's also a lot of people from, you know, I have some friends that work from Pakistan and um, the Philippines, and I have another friend, an, an American friend. And so it's kind of all over the spectrum. Like, I think that's what's so great. And that's why I enjoy going to work is because everyone is kind of bringing something to the table from where they're from. Like it's, it's really cool. Yeah. And very diverse. No kidding. The, mm -hmm. So the town you're in, um, how many people are living there and, and what are some of the major industries there is, is tourism one of them? Um, Umeå is roughly population of 115,000. It's a student city for sure. Um, the Umeå, um, university, uh, is a big part of, of the city, obviously. And it only opened in 1965. Oh. Um, so I would say it's very much a university town and there's a lot, yeah, there's definitely a lot of students, but the interesting part about Umeå, which I think is pretty cool, is that it's such an up and coming city. Like it's still fairly small, but it's still got a really great reputation like it's it was named in 2014 it was named the european capital of culture which is very cool um so you know you always have live like really funky um bands and uh, like music and artists coming to umeo to you know have these events and stuff and so there's always something fun to do which is great and the friends that i've made here are really into all that stuff so it's really helped that's also helped with the isolation that i was just i mentioned earlier um and like just putting yourself out there and it's, this is the right city to be in for sure. I think it gets a smaller city, but it's, it's just the right size. It's not too big, not too small. And, and is it pretty remote? You said you're pretty far north of Stockholm. Um, is there opportunities to travel around? Yeah, there is. I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to see too much, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, my boyfriend's sister, eldest sister, she lives in Luleå, which is about four hours north. Um, of where we are now. So, I mean, we could go there. Um, but I mean, <laughs> if you're wanting to go to bigger cities or see um, kind of more life, like just culture in that sense, you'd have to probably go south yeah. towards Uppsala or Stockholm or Malmo or whatever. So I really want to go and check out um, Gothenburg. That's a big one on my list. What about other, other countries, you know, loca located nearby? Have you had the chance to check out like Norway and Iceland and those kinds of places? I haven't done Norway or Iceland, unfortunately. Um, however, we we just we just got back from Amsterdam last weekend. Oh, nice! Uh, that was actually the first time I had actually left Sweden since I arrived, and it was really it was quite an interesting trip. So, and you know, the best thing about Sweden and being based um, where we are is it's it is really convenient to get to other places in Europe. Yeah, and it's fairly affordable. Is that right? Which is great. I think so. I mean, this time around, it 
it was we were a little surprised how much we paid for flights but usually people say that it's it's not much it's not much hmm. so well, that's, mm-hmm. that's good. What about what about family from Canada coming to visit? I mean, you know, flights from Canada to anywhere can be costly. But uh, have you have you visited with family, parents, or anything like that? My brother actually just left. Well, he he came two weeks ago and he stayed for two weeks, and he came to Amsterdam with us and flew home from there. Cool. And his flights, you know, his flights he did this time were reasonable. I think round trip he left from Victoria and he flew to Calgary and then he flew from Calgary to Amsterdam I believe and it was roughly $1200 Canadian oh it's not too bad no it's not it's 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 okay I mean think of how expensive it is to fly within Canada oh man that would it would have cost more (laughs) than that to fly to Toronto from Victoria absolutely it's insane yeah yeah, that's but something it, that needs to change kind of here. Puts it in perspective, right? Like it's just it's kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. Now, obviously, you, you know, you guys spent some time in Canada and you've lived in Sweden for eight months. But are there is there anything about about Canada that you miss that you think day to day? Damn, I wish I had that or or, or something like that. This is easy is for it? me. Yeah, I miss the beach. Ah, yeah. I miss, I miss the beaches of Vancouver Island. There's nothing to me. There's you can't beat that. It's so beautiful. It really is. And like the things you take for granted when you've grown up, like for example, growing up in Victoria, you you take for granted driving down the Pat Bay Highway and seeing the mountains, for example. You know, like that stuff like that I really miss. Of course I miss family and friends, obviously, but it's stuff like that. It's the beauty of just your environment it's it's yeah i miss that for it, sure it actually comes up pretty often it seems like something that canadians take for granted until they've left exactly exactly yeah i agree for sure so you're you're learning how to speak swe- swedish how is that going svenska or sport svenska or swedish is hard <laughs> <laughs> that's my best swedish right? um it's okay though it's coming with time i think uh, for me i'm a bit of a perfectionist and i want to if i want to know it i want to know it now so i just need to keep reminding myself that these things take time and you know with dedication and uh i can get there but uh it's it's coming along i'm studying like i said i'm studying at swedish uh, sfe swedish for immigrants yeah uh, i'm doing a distance course at the moment so i have the flexibility to work from home or go in to sit down with the teacher and speak practice my spoken swedish uh, which is a great opportunity um, but you know, and there's a lot of similarities to Swedish and English, but yet as soon as you ask, if there's something you don't understand <laughs> about the Swedish language, like for example, I always ask my boyfriend, what, why is the sentence structure like this? And he goes, and he starts off by saying, well, it's because, and then he stops and he goes, you know what? I don't know why. <laughs> so it's kind of funny in that sense that, you know, there's not a lot of logic behind certain things um, in the Swedish language, but yet it's, it's a lot of memorizing as well. Yeah. So I think that's just with time. It's just going to take some more time. I suspect, though, that um, people learning English probably think the same thing. Oh, absolutely. There's so many arbitrary rules. Oh, God, yeah. I think Swedish and English are probably two of the hardest languages (laughs) aside from like Mandarin and Cantonese and Japanese. And and given that everyone there speaks English, it must be challenging. Like 
certainly you're immersed in the culture, but I imagine they will speak to you in English uh, if they see you struggling just to try and make it easier on you. Well, you know, a lot of the time, though, as soon as they find out that you are an English speaker, a native English speaker, all they want to do is speak English. They don't even go to Swedish. They just want to speak English because they want to practice. Right. Which is great. I'm so happy I can help and like be that support and be that friend or whatever. But when you're trying to learn (laughs) Swedish, it's not very helpful. But, you know, I mean, everyone's English here is pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, the the larger cities, obviously, you're going to encounter people with. Um, better Swedish or better English, but for the most part, everyone here can understand and speak English. Yeah, it's kind of a, a kind of a relief in a way. Um, it's a lot different than when I moved to China, obviously, and no one understands you. <laughs> yeah. Now, tell me about Swedish cuisine because it's something I don't know a lot about. But it, I mean, aside from IKEA, which is probably not representative. So, tell me about the food in Sweden. There's a lot of meatballs. <laughs> okay, so it is like IKEA. <laughs> it kind of. You know, it's funny that you mentioned IKEA because Umio is just having their first IKEA built and it should be open in spring of 2016. Wow. And a lot of people, when you think of IKEA, you know, at home we think about just going furniture shopping or whatever. But at home, but here, people go there to eat <laughs> because it's so cheap and the meatballs are pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, so meatballs are a big one. Um, uh, pickled herring. Oh, yummy! I love pickled oh, herring. Are you being sarcastic? No, I'm serious. My, my dad's my dad's Dutch, so we ate a lot of <laughs> okay. it. Okay, it's not my forte, not my thing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I gave it a go at Midsummer. It was something else. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a very popular uh, popular dish. Um, what else? Oh my gosh, hard bread. It's kind of random, but hard bread and cheese are like a daily thing for Swedes, it feels like. So Um, what what is hard bread? Just hard bread, like, I don't know what you would, um, just like the rye hard bread that we have at home. Yeah. It's the same thing we have at home. It's just, it's very, very, very common here. Okay. Um, It's like cardboard though, like you could, (laughs) (laughs) it's good. Good for Um, spreading cheese on. Great, yeah. Um, Another thing that they have here, which is really interesting is... A lot of food comes in tubes, believe it or not. Ooh. So they, they have this like creamy caviar in a tube. And <laughs> Tobias just spreads that stuff on everything. Like he puts it on hard boiled eggs. He puts it on his hard bread. He puts it on sandwiches. He puts it on anything and everything. Um, yeah. So that's just the, a few off the top of my head. It's not much, to be honest, it's not much different than what we would have at home. Like we, you know, in my family, we ate a lot of meat growing up and Mm -hmm. a lot of veggies, but you know, a lot of meat. Um, and that's very, very common here. Um, in the North, especially moose meat. Mm, Of course. Uh, Yeah. My partner's dad is a hunter. Um, and so we're very spoiled in the sense that we always have fresh ground moose meat. And so everyone's always like, so when are we having dinner? Like last (laughs) night people came over for, you know, tacos and we used, moose meat for the taco meat um which is pretty high end if if you think about it but is it what does it taste like because i've never had moose meat is it like is it similar to beef yeah i can't really taste the difference to be quite honest Hmm. (laughs) but it's it's it has some people i think um describe it as a bit more gamey yeah but i mean to me i it tastes the same almost (laughs) but man if you're like i'm making moose meat tacos that sounds like a it's luxurious you want to come over now for me to talk. Totally. Right? 
Absolutely. Totally. Yeah, no, they're pretty good. <laughs> have you had the opportunity to introduce is it anything like Canadian to, to Swedes? Uh, do you have like a, a regular supply of maple syrup that gets shipped out to you or anything like that? That's so funny that you asked because I was grocery shopping the other day and I was in the baking aisle and I look up and there, <laughs> there on the top shelf is a maple leaf shape bottle of maple <laughs> syrup and it says right on the front of the label made in Canada. Awesome. And I'm like, I need to buy this just for the sake. <laughs> so I have it like propped up in the fridge. Like when you open the fridge, that's the first thing you see. It's the most obnoxious thing ever, but it's so funny. Um, but yeah, you know, I made, it's not very Canadian, I don't think, but like shepherd's pie is something that my family always kind of made when Toby was there. So I make that for everyone when they come over. Um, what else? Salmon is a big one. I really miss good salmon. Yeah. Yeah. What kind, what kind of fish is readily available in Sweden? Oh gosh, that's a good question. Obviously not salmon. No, well, I mean, you you can get salmon here, but I think there's a lot of cod. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I, I've been eating so much moose meat that I really couldn't tell you exactly what kind of fish is common here. It's really bad. So, yeah. Um, what's another thing that they sent me from Canada? That's like Tim Hortons coffee. Really? <laughs> Which we don't need here because Swedes have some of the best coffee in the world. Oh, I bet. Oh my gosh, they have this thing. I don't have you ever heard of the term fika? I don't think so. No. Okay, so fika is uh, spelled F I K A, and essentially what it is is a coffee break. And everyone has fika every day. Yeah. And it's probably like two or three times a day. And it includes just a really strong cup of coffee, usually just black coffee. Not many people that I know put milk and sugar um, into their coffee. And then pastries and baguettes and sandwiches and, you know, all of that. And that's within like 15 minutes. They're downing these treats and their coffee. And, you know, you do that about two or three times a day. Pika is my favorite thing ever. That sounds like a hell of a way to live, actually. Oh, my God. You know, I have to say the Swedish lifestyle, you know, you work really hard at home, as do Swedes here. But the lifestyle that we have here in Sweden is so extremely logom they say in swedish it's not too much not too little and so it's just very refreshing and it's very relaxed and you know you have fika a couple times a day then you can mosey back to work and do a couple more hours then you have another fika and then you kind of do that back and forth and then you go home and you just hang out and make dinner and see friends like it's a very it's a great lifestyle, I have to say. So given the, the amazing lifestyle you're experiencing, and you said it earlier in the show um, that, that Sweden is now home, are there, are there plans at all to even talk about moving back to Canada? Not as of right now. Um, of course, I would love to go back in the summer and visit yeah. when the rainy season has passed. <laughs> um, but not as of right now, no. I think my mom is going to try and come out here um, this summer coming up. Uh, so for, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, but as of right now, there's no plans to go back. Did, did you always think that you would be an expat or did you, did, did travel just hit you in the face and you had to do it? No, we were, my brother and I, we were fortunate enough that we had parents that loved to travel. And so from a young age, we were always any, you know, Christmas break or spring break or summer holiday. We were, we weren't at home. We were traveling. Um, so we kind of were raised that way. So it's kind of just, it's just kind of what it is. Like it's second nature to me. Like I just, 
I don't know what else I would be doing if I wasn't really traveling, to be honest. And what would you tell people who are maybe thinking about uh, pursuing opportunities abroad? What, what advice would you give them? Do it. Don't, don't even think about it, honestly. You won't regret it. There's nothing that you could do that I think you would regret. It was one of the best things, the best choices I've made in my life so far. And it was, it's something that I'm extremely grateful for. And I think everyone else would be too if, if they had the opportunity. And you found true love. I did. I'm so lucky. I'm so grateful. <laughs> That's fantastic. So cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I feel like a little cheese never hurt anyone. And in Morgan's case, it's given her opportunities she might not have otherwise had. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Expats. If there are any expats you think I should be speaking with, have them email me at info at expatspodcast.ca or send me an email yourself. And let's keep building this global network of Canadians living abroad. I've been your host, Adam Rosenhart. If you like this episode, do us a big favor and leave us a review on iTunes. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Expats Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch up again in a couple of weeks. <laughs>